0: Welcome to For the Record, behind-the-scenes insider podcast with Colin McCall, where we take a forward-facing look at your environmental requirements and help you make your EHS program an indispensable and strategic part of your company's growth. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter. And now, here's your host, Colin McCall.
1: All right. Welcome back, everybody. Happy to have with me again, Amy Marshall. Amy is the Air Practice Director at all four. If you recall, episodes one and two of this podcast started with Amy. And we talked about the upcoming, at that point, possibilities associated with the election results. And we talked about some of the different things that could occur under a Biden administration Well, we're now five months into a Biden administration, so we thought this would be a good time to bring Amy back with all the knowledge that she has and just do a check in about what has occurred so far in the five months. So for more of an introduction to Amy, certainly go back and listen to those first couple of episodes and you can hear more about her. But needless to say, she is highly connected with the folks at EPA, particularly on the technical side. And we're always tracking all these things as they occur. So good time for a check-in. Amy, welcome back.
0: Yep, thanks. Happy to be here.
1: Okay, let's get right into it. And we always try to look forward, but here we are going to look a little bit at what's happened in these past five months and talk some about what that could mean moving forward. And Amy, I want to start out with some recent events, some very recent events within the last couple of days as of the date we're recording this. But the actions from the previous administration that are being reconsidered, what are some of the important ones? And let's discuss those and what they mean.
0: Yep. So probably the biggest one that's going to have the broadest impact across all sectors is EPA announced this week that they're going to take another look at the PM2.5 NACs. So last year, the previous administration Issued a fairly controversial decision to go ahead and retain the levels of the PM two and a half NACs. There was a little bit of controversy around how they did the review, who who they had on the committees that were participating. They, you know, kind of got rid of one of the committees that had some opinions. So when they decided to retain the PM two and a half NACs, that was one of the kind of the last things that the Trump EPA did. It was immediately, you know, petitioned, EPA got petitions for reconsideration. I think there's probably some litigation. So just this week, EPA said, hey, we're going to take another look at that.
1: Amy, what were some of the numbers, ranges of numbers being considered for the standard that they might now reconsider and what some of the potential fallout of where those numbers could land if they went that direction?
0: Yep. So it's really the annual standard that was at issue. So the annual standard is currently 12 micrograms per cubic meter. And, you know, there are several steps to the next review process. And one of the steps is to put together an integrated science assessment, and then there's a policy assessment. And as part of that, uh, they gathered a lot of new information, some of which indicated, hey, 12 might not be as protective as it should be. So early on, we were thinking that EPA might look at lowering that 12 microgram standard to 10 uh, or even 8. So if you look at the current design values across the U.S., the average is somewhere in kind of that 7 to 8 range. So, But the problem gets to be not the number of non-attainment areas that would happen if we had a lower PM2.5 standard, but kind of what we call the headroom between what the ambient background is where your facility is and the standard. So right now if you are in an area where say the background level is 7, you have 5 micrograms in which to, you know, model your facility if you had to for emissions of PM2.5. But if that standard goes down to 10 or even 8, you, that five gets squished down to, to three or one. So depending on what type of facility you have, it's very difficult to successfully model those emissions in kind of that, you know, smaller increment there.
1: We run out of cushion and with the PM two and a half, significant increase threshold being 10 tons per year. And a lot of these facilities have tightened up PM two and a half emissions so much over time that now when we go for a production increase or something like that, a lot of the reductions that may have been able to occur to maybe do some internal netting and things like that, where you know some facilities are running out of those. So this was the big one for us to see what would happen with this, and we need to keep a, a very close eye on it. Is there any sense, Amy, for what EPA, what type of? effort they're going to go through. I know there was some differences between would they be starting from scratch or would they sort of need to utilize the information and health study data that had already been considered and would they be limited to that? Was there any sense on how that might look from just what came out from them this week or not yet?
0: Yeah, usually when you go through a reconsideration, you reconsider the existing rulemaking record. But interestingly enough, what they put out this notice they kind of indicated that they were going to do kind of a supplemental information gathering to make sure they had the most recent information to inform their analysis so I, I think that could be sort of a procedural issue with the reconsideration that we'll just have to wait to see how it plays out so they've promised a a proposed rule and then a final rule in the, in the next couple of years so we'll certainly have opportunity to comment on you know, how they're doing the the rulemaking and what they're looking at.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, when these standards get put in place, they don't generally change other than to be tightened up in the future. So certainly one piece of advice would be for facilities to monitor and, and track the process and comment on it. That would be one way to plan. Is there other things that you would say, Amy, that folks can be doing proactively, knowing how important this is?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times the PM two and a half emissions are based on estimates or emission factors. So the number one thing would be to you know look at your emission inventory and kind of tighten that up. See if you can, you know, maybe do some measurements and get some site specific emission factors. If you are still having issues with the modeling, you could either look at um, kind of physical changes to the facility, putting on additional controls, or doing some monitoring instead. Good advice.
1: All right. So PM two and a half NACS. we're going to keep close track, close tabs on that one with the implications that it brings. Amy, I know that there's risk and technology reviews that are also being reconsidered now. Can you speak to those a little bit and how they might influence MAC standards more broadly across other industries outside of the ones being reconsidered?
0: Yep, a couple of things with respect to risk and technology reviews. So, EPA, over the past several years, has been trying to work its way through these risk and technology reviews. We had a court case that kind of influences how these will be done in the future. And then EPA has also agreed to reconsider several of the ones that they finalized last year. So, I think as, as EPA goes back and And looks at some of these final rules, like some of the chemical sector rules, the wood products rule, the pulp and paper rule, they're going to have to look at whether the rule regulates all the sources of HAPs in the category, source category. So we will probably see some more requirements as these rules get revised. And it could be that EPA determines work practices are appropriate, kind of like we have some work practices in Boilermact. Or it could be that EPA decides they need to set some more emission limits for additional pollutants because there's a court determination that says these Mact rules have to regulate all the haps either, you know, through surrogates or work practices or some kind of design standard. So, I feel like over the next few years, we're going to see some changes to some of these MAC rules.
1: Amy, could this mean that for some of the MAC standards that are being evaluated where maybe some new pollutants need to be addressed because of the the legal decisions that facilities who who are receiving information collection requests from EPA, might some of them include actual new testing or new gathering of of data? Is that one outcome of this that we need to watch?
0: Yeah, one sector in particular where we're we're hearing that EPA thinks that it needs to gather some more data is the wood product sector. So there are several sources In the uh, plywood and composite wood products affected source that don't have requirements under the rule, a lot of those sources are good candidates for work practices, but some of the emissions um, that can be captured and measured and, and possibly controlled, EPA just doesn't have a lot of data on. So they're thinking that they may ask industry to go do some measurements of those emissions probably later this summer.
1: So understanding what – if if you have MAC standards that apply, understanding when the RTR process is coming up or where things stand within the current process certainly never hurts to be connected with the EPA contact for that MAC standard and RTR to be in contact with them and get an understanding. if, If some new data would be required, that would be something good to know.
0: Yep. EPA has also said that they they want to get more information around ethylene oxide. So another announcement they put out a week or two ago was that they're going to be gathering more information across all the the source categories that emit ethylene oxide, even the ones like the HAN and polyether polyols that they've already done the risk analysis, just because the the risk value for ethylene oxide has got more stringent since the time of their original risk analysis.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, I will reiterate, so we're five months in. When the administration had just started, I recall there being a list of things that the administration would look at that was about 10 miles long and included pretty much everything. So the ones we're covering here are the ones that have been addressed in some capacity in the first five months. But there will certainly be more. Let's move on from reconsidered. We've got some vacated. We've got some previous administration stuff that's just gone. Can you walk through, Amy, that list and maybe maybe highlight some of the more notable ones, at least from a big picture standpoint?
0: Yep. Yeah. So, one of the first executive orders that was issued with the new administration was 13990. And that's what a, a lot of the folks at EPA have been spending time on. So, that executive order directed EPA to review 48 actions and decide you know whether or not they needed to vacate it or reconsider it or do nothing or revise it so we're still waiting on a few things of interest on that list but some some of the ones that we have seen are around the guidance rule that got issued that the The new guidance portal that was supposed to be the the one-stop shop for all the current EPA guidance uh, has been taken down, and the rule that set out procedures that EPA had to follow to issue any new guidance is gone now. The cost-benefit rule will be vacated. The science transparency rule was another one that's been vacated. That one basically limited studies that could be used in rulemaking to those that were publicly available. There was a GHG, significant contribution rulemaking, that got vacated. Uh, That one basically would have barred greenhouse gas regulations for sectors other than the EGUs. So that kind of opened up the way for EPA to start working on climate rules for other sectors. So they've proposed a landfill methane rule. By all accounts, they're working on the oil and gas rule, again, for methane. Uh, we could see some changes to, say, the the aircraft greenhouse gas rule, the, the automobile greenhouse gas rule. And then it's possible that they could start looking at some of the other sectors that, Report into the greenhouse gas monitoring and reporting rule and show up as kind of a significant slice of the pie and, and determine whether or not they need to set limits for those sectors as well. Still on the topic of GHG, we did see the ACE rule vacated. So both the ACE rule and the Clean Power Plan are gone. So EPA has got to kind of go back to the drawing board on greenhouse gas rules for the electric generating sector. And then just recently they decided to get rid of most of a rule that limited the authority of the Environmental Appeals Board, that's where you can go kind of adjudicate a permit.
1: That completes part one of our Biden administration update conversation with Amy. We hope that you'll tune in next time for part two.
0: You've been listening to For the Record Behind the Scenes Insider Podcast with Colin McCall. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter to get weekly news and articles on a variety of timely EHS issues. The content heard on this podcast is not intended to replace an evaluation of the specific projects and regulations that you are encountering
1: at your company.